Hello, hello, and welcome back to another weekly tip episode. If you're on my side of TikTok, or at least you're similar to me, which I would assume you are considering you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in the mindset that it's Christmas time or you're considering setting up for Christmas. I know I am. And just to be honest with you, almost every single year, I put my tree up at least the second week of November, if not the first week of November. And Christmas kind of starts for me the second Halloween ends. It always has. I've always been that way because Christmas is the best holiday. I do love spooky season. I really, really do. But I just don't think there's enough festive things that you can do for Thanksgiving that you can make a whole month out of it. But Christmas, there's so much to do that I have a hard time not celebrating it the entire two months because once December 1st comes, that's it. Christmas is over. Like you are cramming in holiday parties. You're cramming in all of these different events with your friends and your family. And then before you know it, December 25th this year, which is the most depressing day of the year, actually December 26th is definitely the most depressing day of the year. But the second most depressing day of the year is December 25th because you just know that reality is kicking back in and all of the fun festivities that you've been doing every single day, all of the extra things that are just glamorized because there's lights everywhere and there's snow on the ground, but it's also Christmas time and it's cold, but it's also Christmas time and you can watch Christmas movies and you can make it so much fun and so much holiday things is over. So it's just super depressing. So why would you not want to set up Christmas earlier and extend the holiday season? That is something I cannot get behind. I will never understand the wait till after Thanksgiving timeline because I just don't think that there's any reason why I can't enjoy the holiday season a little bit longer. You know what I mean? And I'm realizing as I'm talking and sharing this story about a little bit why I love Christmas that I need to start filming some video for my podcast because I feel like a lot of this is getting missed in just the audio aspect. I'm over here doing air quotes. I'm making facial expressions at the computer and nobody's seeing it but me. But that is just a little bit behind why I'm so crazy and why Christmas time is starting a little bit earlier in the Dirk household because we are crazy over here. Sean is with anyone that is like, oh, Christmas starts after Thanksgiving. We fought this battle when we first got married and I won and I put up the tree no matter what he says anyways. You know what I mean? mean? Like I'm putting up the tree if I want to put up the tree. That is what we will be doing at some point. This is where I hold off though. I don't want to necessarily overextend Christmas because I do feel like if you start like November 1st, it can be like, okay, I'm sick of Christmas movies or sick of Christmas music. And I've like had enough festivities for the year. You know what I mean? By the time Christmas really comes around. But I like to like sprinkle it in. So like the first of November is when I start to sprinkle some things in. I listen to Christmas music today because I'm a little wacko, but that's what I did because I was like, you know what? I'm craving a little Christmas music. There's snow on the ground. It feels festive. We're going to do it. And Sean came in. He's like, you're going to wear yourself out. I was like, I know, I know. Like, calm down. We're going to make sure that we tone it down a little bit and we'll sprinkle it in here and there. But like once it is December, I am full festive. Christmas music on all of the time, always watching a Christmas movie, always baking something. And this year we're going full into Vlogmas. I'm doing TikToks and I'm doing YouTube. So it's going to be a little bit crazy, but I'm really excited because Christmas is just the best, but we are going to wait a little bit. I told him my ideal timing for putting up the tree would be that it snows in the next week or so and we can put up the Christmas tree, but really until then, I'm kind of like okay with things not being fully Christmas in the house yet. I also told him be fully prepared that we're putting up the tree the day that it snows. So that's on our to-do list, but I am 
prepping and marinating, if you will, some Christmas ideas and getting things going. I have decided though that I am not going to be buying Christmas presents past Thanksgiving. I am going to get everyone's Christmas presents in the next three weeks because they are the best sales. There's so much going on with all of the retail industry and I hate hate having to rush shop during December, especially because things just go out of stock so quickly now that it's just impossible to find. So I'm going to get everybody's present on my list done before Thanksgiving. That is the goal I have for myself, unless I know there's like a Black Friday sale coming that I just can't pass up on. But other than that, everyone is going to be done at least before December. That is my goal. And I'm going to have everyone's wrapped in under the tree by December 1. That is the goal this year. So hold me to it if you're listening to this episode and you don't see all of my presents under the tree the 1st of December. But I did finish up my gift guides and those are now live. I put them on my website and they're also on my Instagram and my like to know it. The like to know it has a collection so you can scan through all the gift guides. And I went full out this year and I have so many more coming your way. Like I don't think you're ready for the amount of stuff that I have coming your way. Way. I'm really excited. But the Like to Know It has a collection. My website has everything that I'm going to put out for gift guides. So you can find anything you want on my website. But then I also put it on my highlight sections of my Instagram. So there's so much going on, you guys. I just, I love Christmas and I got a head start this year. So we're in for a real treat. But in today's episode, we're talking about time blocking and habit tracking. This is something that I get asked a lot about on Instagram and a lot about on social media from you guys about what I do to keep my routine, how I make a routine, and how I stay really structured in what I'm doing in my routine. And I think it's really important to remember when it comes to time blocking, the biggest benefit of time blocking is just it's going to help you with time management. Because if you just kind of have a long to-do list, and this is something that I think anybody that's starting out with a new goal will do, you'll get really overwhelmed really quickly because you write out all of these things that you want to do. There's no organizing to it. There's no schedule to it. And there's it's just unruly chaos on a page, in my opinion. If you just do a checklist of a thousand things you need to do, and they're not organized in any sort of way, it's kind of impossible to have any structure to what you're going to get done. And I really think that time blocking is the biggest thing that has helped when it comes to getting a lot of things done. For example, I have a time blocking calendar that I use on a daily basis for managing my clients, for managing check-ins, for managing weekly check-ins, and from just like a back-end perspective. For running an online training business, I do weekly check-ins with all of my clients who are doing like the higher up one-on-one coaching, and then I do monthly check-ins. And the monthly check-ins are more in-depth. They always come on the first of the month, so I got myself a busy couple weeks coming, but The weekly check-ins are due at the end of every week, and I like to get those back to my clients by Monday. So I work through the weekend a lot of the time because I like to have a schedule for them to start with by the first of the week, and they have some mindset and some goals and targets that they focus on on Monday. So I have to be very structured because if I plan a busy weekend or if I have a lot of things going on during the week, I have a lot of brand deals or there's a lot of things going on just like in growing the business... I can get sidetracked really quickly and I can run out of time. But you have to remember everyone is given the same amount of time, right? Like that always comes back to me and I realize there are some really successful people out there and they have the same amount of time as me. So what are they doing with their time? And time blocking is something that helps you really structure and organize what you're gonna do from time to time. So the first rule I have with time blocking is I make sure that I don't do more than one thing during the time slot that I have. I like to break things up into 
one to two hours. That's how I like to time block. There are people that like to do a two to four, three to six. I think that if I give myself a big task, and this is from having done it for a while, if I give myself a big task, I will break it up into two to four hours. If I know that I'm gonna be editing a YouTube or I'm gonna be doing something that's gonna be tedious and take a lot of time and creativity, I give myself more than an hour. But if I have something that's simple, like I need to get through 10 check-ins before 10 a.m., I give myself an hour. And the best way to stick to this is setting a timer on your phone, putting distractions away, so putting a focus setting on your phone, and making sure you only have that tab open or whatever you're working on in front of you. And only focus on that one thing for the time period that you've given yourself. Because what then I like to do is once that time hits, so let's say from 10 to 11, I'm doing check-ins. Once 11 a.m. hits, I'm done. That task is where it's at and I have to be complete with that task at that time. Because if you give yourself the flexibility of I can go from 10 to 11 to do check-ins, and then you pick up your phone or you do other things and 11 a.m. hits, there's no consequence. You just kind of keep going with your day and then what was from 11 to 12 gets pushed and from 12 to one gets pushed. And then by the end of the day, you've accomplished nothing but maybe one thing and your checklist just gets longer and longer. And it's really because there's no structure and there's no discipline to your calendar. So time blocking kind of takes the thinking away from it, but it also gives you consequences if you don't figure out how to get that task done in that allotted time. So let's say I get through five of the seven check-ins that I need to do from 10 to 11. I obviously don't just, you don't get your check-in this week, but I do stick to my schedule. So if I'm really moving fast, maybe I'll like try and pick those up and move some things around my calendar. But more times than not, what I will do is I will move things around. So I'm like, okay, I need to either finish these two up right now, or I need to move them to a time where I have a break, where I can fit them in. And then I need to note that I was really productive during this time blocking time, and I just didn't give myself enough time to complete the task. So when I do my next set of check-ins, what I'm going to do is extend the period of time so I don't overlap my schedule. And that's how you have discipline and that's how you have structure to your calendar. You just have to pay attention to the little things that you're doing and be honest with yourself. Because if I find that it was from 10 to 10.45, I was just scrolling Instagram and I wasn't doing what I needed to do and I got distracted, I can't push what I had from 11 to 12 because I was being lazy with my calendar and I wasn't following the schedule. There needs to be a consequence for that so that it doesn't happen and that I have some consequence at the end of the day that now I can't maybe scroll Instagram from five to seven. I have check-ins that I have to do. Or maybe there is another sort of consequence like, oh, I need to move this errand that I have because I don't have time for that errand now. I took that time away from myself. Something that's pleasurable is now the consequence. It needs to be gone and it needs to be replaced versus moving what you had from 11 to 12 because that then allows you to think that it doesn't matter and you can just kind of move it. That's at least how my brain works. Maybe that's not how everyone's brain works, but I started to realize the more I was flexible with it, the more I felt like I didn't have a consequence and I would just keep doing it. But if I gave myself a specific guideline and I didn't follow the guideline, there needs to be a consequence so that I don't feel like I can just keep doing it over and over again because that's how you build a bad habit. If you wanna build a good habit, you've got to do it well. And the only way to do it well is to be structured and disciplined. So that's how I start to time block. If I have a bigger task, like I said, I give myself two to four hours 
and I will make sure that I give myself a good amount of time. And this takes time in the beginning to get used to because you kind of have to get used to how much time it's going to take to do certain tasks. But like things that you know, for example, my morning routine, I know my morning routine window is from 5 to 8 a.m. I give myself three hours to do my morning routine because if I have it down, if I am at the gym by 5.30, 5.45, I am showered, I have had breakfast, I have had my post-workout, I've fed Aspen, I've gotten ready for the day, I've had my coffee, and I am sitting down before 7.30. But if I am like running a little bit late, like I need that wiggle room. So I give myself three hours and I know that I need those three hours in the morning. But then I have bigger tasks throughout the day that I just kind of plan out throughout the week. And I know when I have to get things done. For example, if I have to film or if I have to do some sort of like programming for a client, those are gonna take me longer times. And I just plan those out and structure those into my week so that they fit my tasks. Now, if you don't have this much flexibility, you're gonna know like you have eight or nine to 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. every day that you're working and you have the outside windows that you need to plan. But this is also important for being productive at work. So kind of finding a balance that works for you and finding a way to time block in a way that helps you be consistent and be rigorous with your schedule. You don't want to give yourself a lot of opportunity to say, oh, I just didn't make that. We'll just move it to the next day. Don't take today's lazy into tomorrow's crazy. That is my biggest rule. I will not leave dishes in the sink. I will not leave a load of laundry. Obviously, like I'm not perfect. I've had these days where I definitely leave things for the next day. But as a general rule of thumb, don't leave the craziness for later because if you're lazy now and you leave it for when it's crazy later, it's gonna be 15 times crazier and you're not gonna know what to do with yourself. So time block and habit tracking are two things that really kind of helped with me. So Let's just run through like a typical day. My morning, my time block is 5 to 8 a.m. That is the time for me to work out and get in my movement, get Aspen fed, get some things cleaned up, get ready for the day. This is my planning slash movement time. This is my selfish time. I have to work out first thing in the morning or I am stressed about it the rest of the day. I am the person that if I have a big task that I have to do, it's gotta be done first or I think about it all day long and I'm very unproductive. So I've learned that about myself and I know five to eight. That is my workout time. That is my time. Very structured so that I can get a productive day ahead of me. From eight to 10, that is my first time block. I have very creative work. This is, or this is when I do very heavy thinking, heavy analytical work. So any kind of work that's going to take a lot of brain power and is going to need my focus. This is what goes from eight to 10. From 10 to 12, I do a little bit more creative work. I need like a little break after some heavy periods of working. So I like to do something that's a little bit more creative. So I'll plan some creative work that I need to do during that time slot. From 12 to 1, I usually like to walk Aspen, take a longer break with Sean, give myself some time to just kind of like move around and maybe get like an errand done or do something that I need to do around the house. Then from 1 to 2, I like to do a little bit more heavy thinking work. So anything that's gonna take a lot more brain power. And then for the rest of the day, from two to around five or whenever I'm working till, I like to do creative work again. So kind of wrapping up for the day and getting all of the creative things out of my mind. And then for the last half hour of the day, whenever I stop working, I do planning for tomorrow. And that's how I make sure that I have everything kind of squared away and a good idea of what is going to need to be done the next day. So I don't go into today's lazy going into tomorrow's crazy. You see where I'm going here? 
If I feel like I have everything kind of planned out and structured for the next day, I don't go to bed thinking about my to-do list. I don't feel like I have a million things on my mind. There are times, obviously, where I feel overwhelmed and I'm like, I didn't get enough done today. I am normal. I am human. I feel you when that happens. But you have to know when to stop and you have to know when it's time to do the next task because I still have things that I need to do outside of work. So I need to get some personal stuff done. I need to cook. I need to go grocery store. I need to do some cleaning. I need to get a lot of other things done as well. So that's kind of my closing shift, as I'll call it. And I usually do that between 4 or 5 usually to about 7 p.m. Those are the times that I'm like cooking, picking up the house, doing a chore that's been on my mind that day. And then from seven to nine, I like to structure my day where I, or my evening, where I get to hang out with Sean. So we're usually eating dinner at like seven o'clock and we watch a show together, maybe two. I'll clean up dinner really quick and then that's my time. So I will go and shower and get ready for the evening. I'll do my skincare. I'll read a book. I'll scroll Instagram. I'll scroll Pinterest. I maybe plan out a little bit. Like I have my iPad with me all the time. I have my phone with me. So I'm editing. I'm doing little work things. Like my my brain doesn't necessarily just shut off. So I'm not like that strict with it, but I do like to have that as my time. If it's going to help me prep for tomorrow, I love editing videos, so it doesn't really feel like work all the time. So that's what I'm doing during those windows. But it, that's that's my time blocking. That's why I have it really structured, and I know it can sound boring, but it has given me so much freedom because there's so much that can be done in these short period of times when you remove distractions. That is the biggest takeaway. If you have a ton of distractions in front of you and you have a ton of things that are distracting you from getting a task done, it's almost impossible to shift your brain instantly to get that task done. But if you are very structured and you're not like, I have 50 things to do today, what do I want to tackle first? If you do that before it's time to do the task, it's insanely more productive. So if I tell myself I have 50 things I need to do this week, I want to structure it so that I'm only doing three to five tasks a day. Because if I do anything more than that, things are going to be incomplete. So three to five big tasks per day. I'm going to break those up and I'm going to try and get those things into the days where I can get them done and I can look at the end of the week and say I completed a lot versus I had 50 things to get done and I got two things done. Instead, it's I had 50 things to do and I got 25 things done because I really was productive with my time and I was really structured. And now my list for next week is cut in half. So instead of carrying in 48 things next week, I'm carrying in 25. And then I'm going to remove those because I'm going to just get everything done. And then the next week goes on. That is how you time block and that is how you make sure your time is efficient. And that comes down to you understanding how long it takes you to do tasks, how to remove distractions, and what what is the most important thing to get done. And then also working with the way that your brain works. There's a lot of podcast episodes and things out there that talk about how to do things at certain times of the day based on like how your brain works and brain power. And they're very helpful, I think, tools to take into your schedule, but also you have to know yourself. And I know personally for me, in the morning because I'm up early and because I've got my movement in and I'm feeling caffeinated. Like I know that that's time for me to do really heavy thinking analytical work in the morning, but that may not be the way that everyone else is. So you have to kind of figure that out and then structure your day so that it works with you. And also this is a really important side note, especially as a female cycle syncing has made a huge difference in the work that I schedule. So if I have a really big creative project that I need to complete, I will always schedule that during the time that I am supposed to be ovulating. And if boys are listening, I'm sorry, that's just how it works. The hormones are at their peak at ovulation. And so my 
productivity, my energy, my creativity is at an all-time high. And I have noticed that by cycle syncing and by tracking. And I know that if I have anything that is super creative or that's gonna take a lot of brain power or a lot of creative thinking, that is the time to schedule it. So I always like to pre-plan that out throughout the month so that I know what to expect and that I know that I'm gonna be able to do a really good job on the project. If I plan that before my period or right after my period, I am not creative, I'm tired, I'm constantly exhausted, I feel burnt out, and it's really hard for me to get in your creative mindset. So that's important to know about yourself as well. When is the best point in time for you to do creative projects or do, do, to do things that are gonna have you think outside the box? Because there are periods where that happens and if you're keeping track of that, it's really easy to identify. And for me, I personally use Notion to track all of my daily planning as well as my weekly planning. And then I also have a time blocking calendar. So I have three big calendars that I use in just like that specific order. But I also have calendars that are like editorial calendars. Like I, I manage a lot of different calendars, but it's all kept inside of Notion. And that works really well for me because of the creativity and the ability to like interlink all of them. So that's the best tool that I found for that. But if you have another one, like obviously do what works for you. If you'd like me to do more explanation, if you'd like me to talk more about Notion and kind of like what I do, or like maybe I could even like share the thing that I use, let me know. Yeah, message me on Instagram and we can chat about that because maybe that would be something that'd be beneficial to you guys. And maybe I put it in like a newsletter or something. But that's what I currently use for my planning. Now, habit tracking is a little bit different. I'm not massive on habit tracking, but it is important to keep track in a way of your habits. Like I don't have like a checklist in front of me where I'm like, okay, I went to the gym, drank my water, I did all these things. But I do make my clients do this when they start working with me because it's important to keep track of your consistency over time. If you're new to building a habit, it's very, very important. So for example, if I was gonna go from waking up at 5 a.m. to let's say a crazy time like 3.30 in the morning, I might do like a habit tracking calendar to keep track of how many times I actually was successful at that goal. Because you'll be able to look back over the like month or the week and be like, okay, I woke up one out of five days that I was gonna wake up at 3.30. So my habit's super off. But if you're like, okay, I woke up four days out of five days, I'm super on track and next week I'm gonna shoot for five. Like it's really helpful to have that visual and the accountability aspect of it. So I think that habit tracking is really important, especially when you're trying to build a habit, but you don't have to go crazy with it. Like I'm not trying to tell you, oh, be crazy, wake up at 3.30 in the morning and do all these crazy things like you hear on some of these podcasts where it's like, okay, nobody's actually doing that. I'm not gonna go like journal and then keep track of my habits, like checking off my water intake. But if it's like beneficial to you, I highly recommend you do it if you don't have any other way to hold yourself accountable because 
it's really comes down to like who you are and what your track record is. Sean is very much a person that needs accountability. Like if he has a new habit, he needs somebody to be like, okay, how'd this go? What do you think? Do you need to make any changes? Or at the end of the week or the end of the month, having the conversation of like how successful he was so that it's like a reminder to him because he will easily just like write something off like, oh yeah, I wanted to do that, but I'm not doing it. So he's definitely somebody who's like, I need that reminder and that accountability and having the visual like checklist and things to do is really easy for him to make sure that he's like sticking to it. I'm the type of person that I'm going to be disappointed in myself if I let myself down when I set a goal. So it's going to be in the forefront of my mind no matter what. So if I check that box or not, like I'm going to be fully aware. Even the days that I don't have a workout planned, like I constantly am like, oh, I can't wait to go to the gym the next day. Like I'm that insane when it comes to workouts. I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel so much better. Like the days that I work out, the days that I'm up early, I'm so much more productive and I just feel so much better. So I like crave it at this point. But regardless, if I check it off or not, like it is in the forefront of my mind. If I'm going to be keeping track of a habit, it doesn't really matter for me. But that's not the case for a lot of people. And I think when you first start out having a list of things to check off, having three habits that you want to achieve in a month is a great starting point. And having that as a reminder and like a checklist or whatever you want to do to keep track of that so that you can look back at the end of the month and be like, I did really good this month or I really need to improve some things. Like maybe my schedule is not as good as I thought and I'm not keeping up with this. How can I better set myself up for success by either making a better morning routine, making a better nighttime routine, pre-logging my meals, pre-prepping my meals, whatever it is, whatever your habit is, how can you better set yourself up for success so that you can reach that goal. And that's what habit tracking does. And you have to remember that it takes anywhere from 30 to 90 days of consistency for you to build a habit. 30 to 90 days. So I don't want to hear any of you, I tried for a week and it just didn't work for me. Of course it didn't work. Like it's uncomfortable. This is unfortunately the part of growth that is massively uncomfortable. And I will say that even when you get it down, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world but you do it anyways because it becomes more of a habit and it becomes less of a question. When you are in the beginning of building a habit, you're asking yourself a lot of questions and your brain is trying to like talk yourself out of it being uncomfortable. It wants to be comfortable. So it's gonna be asking you like, are you sure you wanna do that? Maybe we don't do that today. And it's less, it's not a habit, it's a choice in the beginning stages. Like you're constantly thinking, do I wanna make this choice today? But after 90 days, it becomes a habit and it becomes a routine and you stop asking the question. Your brain's like, okay, I already know the end result of this because they've done it for 90 days. I already know that they're going to do it. So there's less of a question there, you know? That is at least how I incorporate all of that. So that is my time blocking and habit tracking routine. Again, I don't do a lot for habit tracking other than like maybe like bigger goals that I have. If I have like a bigger goal I want to achieve, I maybe like have a track. I definitely do this for when I start a new social media platform. Like this last couple months, I've been really wanting to be more consistent with like to know it because I get asked a lot of the time for links to things and I have to like scramble to try and find where I posted it last time. And I have a like to know it and I use it. I just don't use it enough. And I have been tracking it for the past couple of months because I'm like, I need to post everything that I post online, everything that I wear to like to know it every single day. So that has been something that I've actually been doing more habit tracking with because I want to get you guys the stuff that you want and have it easily accessible for you. So 
that has been something that I've definitely been tracking because I'm not the I'm not the best at it, especially because I'm managing Pinterest, TikTok, Instagram, and all the other social media craziness. It can be really hard to remember, like to know it's like, oh shoot, I didn't even think about that one today. So I have to go back and try and manage that. But I'm getting better at it. So you will start to see more things on there. I'm trying to post every single thing that I post online to like to know it. So you can follow me on there if you want to see the daily stuff I have. But that's my time blocking and habit tracking routine. And it has drastically improved my productivity and has drastically improved where my schedule is today. And I think that it makes a massive difference if you're very consistent with it. However it works for you though, you have to figure out what works for you like when it comes to your personality, the way that you work, your time throughout the day, what you have availability for because you can't compare your schedule to mine or anybody else's. Like you have something completely different going on and your mind works different, your priorities are different. So that's important to remember when doing this because what I just described to you may not work perfectly for you, but it's a good baseline if you don't know where to start to kind of just get things organized I highly, highly, highly suggest though that you first work on the distractions and the time blocking aspect of your routine. If you're really struggling getting habits down or getting things done, that is the best place to start because your distractions are what are causing you to not be successful in the things that you say you're going to do. It's constant with social media. It's constant with everything that we have around us. I'm literally sitting here with a laptop, an iMac, a iPad, and a phone in front of me. Like it is all in front of us all of the time. It's impossible to not be distracted unless you're diligent about it and unless you have some kind of plan for it. So that is the best way to make sure that you're structured and scheduled in your routine and building a routine out and doing it as long as you can. The consistency of it is going to be your success. Not being perfect. There will be failures along the way. There will be things that and oversights that you didn't think of that will happen along the way. And it's important to just remember that this happens to everyone and be consistent with it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you want to follow along my daily life, I have all of my Instagram and TikTok sharing all of my daily vlogs there. I'm starting some new series too, you guys. On TikTok and Instagram, I'm gonna start sharing a daily vlog every single day. And Aspen has a TikTok and Instagram now, and we're doing daily life point of views from Aspen because I just thought that would be so fun. I see them all the time and I think they're hilarious. So I'll link both of those down in the show notes for you if you want to follow along. I also release tip podcasts every Tuesday and of course, the longer podcast every Friday. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode.